Christ lived differently, died differently, and called us to be different. The whole idea of the crucifixion of Jesus is a it's not how you write a story. It's not how a myth should go. It's not how the epic ends. The hero doesn't die. The hero doesn't sacrifice himself. The hero doesn't go quietly into the night. The... Can you imagine what it would have been like to be there? That's why we did this, to try to get that emotional kind of idea of what it would actually have been like. When we read it on the page, it's like, oh, yeah, and then Jesus did this, because we know the end, right? But can you imagine what it would have been like to be there, to experience it? To know here's this guy who has been teaching and done all these amazing miracles. The guy who walked on water. The guy who broke the loaves and fishes and fed the multitudes. The guy who made crippled people walk again. How is this happening? What is going on? How, what does it all mean? And they could not have gone through this time to go. But I thought he was different. Like You couldn't have had this whole experience without thinking that. And that's what I really want to center in on today is this, this difference of Christ and how that means to us. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 7, this is an interesting passage to be using on Palm Sunday, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, it has nothing to do with palms or with the crucifixion, but it still is what we're going to talk about today. Um, Luke chapter 7, verse 36, if you want to put a finger there. I want to center on this idea of Jesus being different and what that actually means to us and for us and how that calls us to be different here, now, and today in how we act, how we live, how we go through life. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at a table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. This is an awkward dinner party. party. If I come to your house and like this, your neighbor comes over uh, with a perfume bottle, it's going to be really awkward. I'm just saying, right? And that, that would be weird. Uh, when Pharisee, who had invited him, saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he'd know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. First of all, dude, she's in your house. Just say it. She knew her way around your house. Oh, awkward. Uh, so... Anyway, what's going on here? So Jesus is invited to a dinner party. Now, this is common practice. Basically, you'd have a dinner party, maybe in your courtyard um, at at the end of the day. And then um, it was kind of like a community party. This was what you did instead of watch TV. There is no NCIS to go home to, no DVR. I know, aghast the thought, no Gibbs, right? So you can't do that. So basically, you say, I wonder what's going on at Bob's house. Who's he got over there? Oh, Jesus, this will be interesting. So you're changing the channel is to go see this, uh, this traveling teacher hang out at the, at the Pharisee's house. And so there might be, you, you're having dinner around your table, and then you might have this uh, 
group around you, which would be really, really awkward for the dinner conversations, wouldn't it? But this is, this is how kind of common practice, how this would have gone. And um, there is no chairs at this time. So for a while there in my life, before I understood how tables worked um, in ancient uh, Israel, I was like, Does this lady just kind of crawled underneath, oh, don't mind me, looking for my socks, you know, whatever, I crawled underneath the table and started, like, that would just be weird. Because, you know, if something hits your foot at, like, Fridays or whatever, you're like, what is going on? So you, you kind of flip out by this idea of, of someone touching your feet during, like, Jesus doesn't even bat an eye, he just keeps on talking. And here's this woman having an emotional breakdown, pouring expensive perfume. I mean, this alabaster jar thing, this is really expensive stuff. This isn't the, the CVS $5 bottle you got, okay? This is the Chanel number five. This is the, the big boy. This is the stuff that we have saved for a long time to be able to purchase this. And this is what is broken over Jesus' feet. And can you imagine the intimacy of the moment of saying, well, I don't have a towel. Okay, let's use my hair. And washing his feet in this. What is so different about a man that causes you to do something so extraordinary, so different, so just, this is not my normal, this is not a normal practice of people to walk into somebody else's house and to say, oh, you know what? I'm going to grab some really expensive perfume and break it over this guy. And then I'm not going to use a towel. I'm going to use my hair to do this. This is not, this is acting different. You just follow that. There's some, a lot of things going on here that we're going to kind of explore here in the next few minutes. As we think about how we act as Christians, how, how we respond to Christ, this idea of being different should really resonate in our heads. When we come in contact with Christ, because he lives so differently, there's a few things that he does that that just are different. Like when you would see him, and maybe you have these kind of experiences with certain people every once in a while, it's, that guy's just, it's not an odd, it's not a, he's weird, it's a, it's just something different going on there. And, and Jesus has this impact, Jesus has this experience over and over and over again where he, when he just enters a room, things are different because of it. And I'd talk to you today about when we are interacting with the Holy Spirit, changing our lives, we can exhibit these same different kind of characteristics. Hello, Siri. Um, <laughs> so we have these different kind of characteristics that will, that will grab a, a hold of us. And sometimes they're the ways in which uh, we can exhibit in our own lives. And the first one that I just think is interesting is when we start exhibiting Christ-like characteristics in our lives, this is a promise, this is a truth, we will annoy people. It's true. And so this is my excuse. Um, but when you, when you start to exhibit Christ-like habits and Christ-like demeanor, you'll annoy people. And this Pharisee is significantly annoyed, right? He's, what are you doing? You're in here. You got this woman in my house. I don't want her here. And she's crying and perfume. And now it's going to smell in here forever. Like, you know, all this, he is significantly annoyed with Jesus. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know better than this, to paraphrase. 
And that's what's going on. And as I think about how, now there's, I want to be very clear about this annoyance, about Christian annoyance. In your annoyance, do not cause someone to sin or do not sin yourself. This is important. By saying that we're being annoying, it's not that you're gotcha or in your face or saying, and picking a fight all the time. Jesus doesn't do that. He annoys people by speaking truth into their life that is unsettling. Maybe you have a friend like this. I have a great friend like this. Like when he talks to me, like he, he just has this way of going, well, he's a great question asker. You know these people? They're annoying as all get out. But, but he, he, he asks these questions in, this, in a way in which it'd be like, how's that time going? How's your relationship with your wife going? And he doesn't know that we just fought for like three days straight. He doesn't understand that. He doesn't know that. But, you know, how's that, how's that working? Working for you. And he asks these great questions and they just pierce your heart. And they're annoying, but they draw you closer to God. Over and over and over again, this, this is the type of annoying that I want to encapsulate. That when I'm speaking to my friends and I'm speaking to other people, that the questions I ask and the stuff that I, I bring up and the topics of conversations that I am entering into are annoying in a way that they're making you deal with issues and stuff that you don't necessarily want to deal with. Does this make sense? It's different than just making blanket big statements of trying to be the sign bearers or the, the bullhorn guys. Oh, you're going to hell. Well, now you are annoying. You have officially achieved that. But none of the love is in that. None of the, you're not drawing anybody closer to the love of Christ. You're not, you're not drawing them to what the cross is all about and the forgiveness of sins. You're not doing any of that. You're just... Being And that's not what the point is. I want to be very clear with that. Because in your annoyance, do not sin. I would think that when you drive people farther away from the love of God, that would be, that's not, not, that's not doing what we're supposed to be doing. That's not drawing people closer to the love of God. The second thing that, that Jesus does, and, and you can see this all over the time in the last one, in annoyance, is that he gets so irritating to people, especially to the Pharisees, that they like pick up rocks to kill him because they are just so mad. He has pierced through all their junk and all their stuff. They've, and you may do this too. You build up walls. There's emotional walls that you put up. There's emotional stuff that you just like layer it up. Ah, oh, no one's going to get through this. I don't want anyone to break through this. But if a, a person operating in the, in the spirit of God you read the scriptures, this will happen. You just read it, and the word will do this. It pierces right through all the walls, all the junk, all the stuff that you've built up that you think you're hiding, and it just goes right through that. It's a, it's a significant way to be annoyed um, in that. Second thing uh, Jesus does is he is curious. And if we are exhibiting Christ like behavior, if we're chasing after him, we will be a curious people. Uh, the King James Version says this, uh, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people. I love that. A peculiar people that ye should, this is the most I'll ever read of the King James because it's really hard for me, uh, that you should show forth the praises of him and hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. A peculiar people. We will be curious. And Jesus does this all the time when he is acting and teaching and doing miracles, whatever he's doing. People are kind of, the crowds, I, 
there's a lot of naysayers that, that come around Jesus just to see what he's doing. And they just, you get that, you know when you're really interested in something and you just naturally kind of go, like, like a puppy? You know you have someone's attention or did something weird when it's just like, huh? I used to have these girls in my student ministry that if I would use a big word like plethora, uh, I, would, I would just, I'd be going and all of a sudden I'd say this big word and their heads would just go like this. And I was like, oh, got to stop. Got to rewind a second and, and say it again. But these moments of these head tilt moments, you know, that, that we Christians as the way in which we act, the way in which we interact with the community, we should be tilting heads. Like why, why, why did he do that? Not in a bad way. Not why was he that guy the biggest jerk in the world? Why was that guy, what, what was this? No, why, why did he show care and compassion in this moment? Why is his conversations a little different? Paul writes it as our conversations should be seasoned with a little salt. That I just, I just love that. I can't ever get that out of my brain that we should just, it's just a little bit different in the way in which we interact with people. As we think about our work conversations, as we think about the people in our lives, as we think about the way in which our, we, we are in the picking up our kid line, as we, uh, this week I got, had the horrible thing of signing my kids up for kindergarten. Please pray for me. It's a little rough on dad. Uh, so I was like, <laughs> Be strong. It's okay. Um, so we're signing them up, but I was like, wow, this is a whole new opportunity. Look at all these people. If I get to be curious and annoying to a whole new group of people, <laughs> it's like Christmas. That when we interact with whoever and wherever we're at, that we are a curious people. Someone living according to Christ's principles of, of loving your neighbor of caring about people deeply, of who they are, is very curious in our society. People don't get that. You will stand out quickly. You will be curious. And the third thing that we will be is we will be attractive to people. Jesus was attractive to people. People wanted to gather around and hear what he was going to say. When the words of Jesus, when the the teachings of Jesus, when the when the ethos, when the, the way of life of Jesus surrounds you and works through you, people can't help but get magnetized to that. Because they're magnetized through Jesus. Walking and working through you. And as we, as we talk about the sacrifice of Christ, as we talk about the move of Jesus, as we, we talk about this huge moment in history in which he is placed on the cross, it is amazing to me to go through this thought process of the centurion and Pilate and Nicodemus and the thief and all these characters in Scripture that are drawn to the cross, that they are drawn to the sacrifice, that they are drawn to this moment in history where, like, what is going on? I have to be around this. I can't tear my eyes away from what is happening. That the same crowds that are calling for his crucifixion, crucifixion are the same crowds going, what is happening right now with this Jesus, with this sacrifice? Because at this moment... 
Jesus is drawing all sin, past, present, and future, to himself so that we may all have life, that they may all have life, and that our grandchildren may all have life eternal. That is what cosmically, theologically is happening right here. But could you imagine being in that moment going, I just don't know, but I, got, I can't tear my eyes away from this scene. Something massive is happening. The cosmos are changing at this moment. Jesus was attractive to people because they couldn't help but want to be around being treated well. They couldn't help but want to be around the love and the care that he was giving to even the least of these. This is a woman of ill repute. This is probably a prostitute. She has every right to be thrown out on her rear of this house. Jesus, the proper reaction would be like, get away from me, woman. Want your bad juju all over me? Stinky perfume. That would have been the appropriate, socially acceptable jerk move. And instead, he just lets it happen. And it escalates and it escalates and it escalates. When you're around somebody that you would just stop at nothing for, Christ living out through us is attractive to people. People will want to be around you and you don't even really know why. And maybe you've experienced this. You wanted to be around somebody. You're like, I don't, I don't even know. We have nothing in common. But I like them for some reason. I feel safer around them. I feel like I, can, I connect with them in some way. This is one of the things that Christ is calling us to be. As we reorient our lives to be more like him as Christians. Christ lived differently. He died differently. And he calls us to be different. As the band comes up today, I want to finish with a few, how do I apply this to me? Things. I want to orient my life in which I annoy the bejeebas out of people in the right way. I'm really good at annoying people, I promise you. Just ask Yvonne. But I, I want to orient my way in which that the truth that comes out of my mouth in love, that is just soaked in love, pierces people's hearts. So they have to deal with questions that maybe they've been hiding from for a long, long time. What happens if a group of people become, uh, you know, God-honoring annoyances? What happens when I conduct myself in a God-honoring curiosity? I know the way in which I enter home goods is a curious way. I've even taken Kevin and Jimmy and made them go with me sometimes. That was not a pleasurable experience for either one of them. But I guarantee you, all the ladies that work there, they are laughing their heads off by the time I leave. Where do you work again? I'm the pastor over Shorewood. What? Why are you buying this? Come on over and see. I want to live a curious kind of life. It's a fun life. I want my actions to show the beauty and the brilliance of Christ. Because in our actions and in our words and the way in which we conduct our lives, 
We can show the glory of Christ. It hurts my heart when I see Christians behaving badly. It hurts me when I, when I see comments and I see things go on and I'm going, oh, but, but Jesus is so much more than that. You might be technically right with your statement, but that's just not, that's not the way it goes. That's not the truth of love. That's not who Christ is calling us to be. What makes Christ different is the cross. That moment in which he's placed on the cross and takes on the sins of humanity, this sets him apart as different than anything the world has ever experienced, known, even thought about before, because it's so totally counter what should have been happening. But at that cross, when he takes on the sins of humanity, he, he sets himself up to say, you know what, I love all of you, and I've loved everyone that's gone before and everyone that is here now and everyone that will be in the future. And I care enough of them to buy their ransom, to pay for all their messes, to pay for all their mistakes, and to pay for all their screw-ups. Jesus on the cross is different. And he calls us to live a different kind of life. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Lord, we pray for your presence. We pray for your redemption. We pray for your guidance as we live our lives out. God, we need your touch. We need your movement in us. God, right now that you would be a mirror for us, that you that we would see if we are acting in Christ-like manners, if we are chasing after you in the right ways. God, I want to please you in everything I do. I want to bring a smile to your face with my words, with my actions. God, for the people here this morning that have never experienced you and don't really know what the cross is all about, that you would, you would pierce their heart with the truth that you love them and you care for them and you want better for them and that you would stop at nothing to have relationship with them. There is nothing that you would not do for them that they are special, that they are beautifully and wonderfully made. God, right now I lift up my heart to you. Jesus, I I ask you to take my life, to take my heart, and make me different. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen.